Welcome, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this is Watch Your Superpower, the podcast. And my guest is Brenda Sheldrake. And Brenda is an expert in lead generation um, and through relationship building. What does that actually mean, Brenda? Uh, thank you for having me here, Faye. I really appreciate that. I'm my really. My pleasure. And, and what that actually means is that instead of paying somebody money for advertising and having that advertising get people who may or may not want what you do or what you offer, we build relationships. We get to know people. We start from, from an introduction. We do introductions to people. And we start from those introductions, we find out what kind of help people need, what kind of things people want, and then we connect them with the people who can provide those services and products. And in that way, you have clients that know what you do before they even meet you, because they've had that warm introduction. I've, I've told them all about you and, and your wonderful radio station and, and this wonderful podcast. I tell them all about it. And they know what it is. They know what you're offering to them before they even meet you and they know that they want this. Yeah. And it is all about building relationships, isn't it, Brenda? It's about building building trust and those relationships with your audience so that they actually do get to know you. And then they, you know, you might say something one day which clicks with them and they think, oh, I want to have a conversation with Brenda today because I want to find out more about what she, how she can help me do what I'm doing and for more people to get to know me better. And I think, I, I think you, you just said something very important because there, the catchphrase these days is no like and trust. Yes. But people say no, like, and trust, like it's something that you can do in one meeting. No. I didn't I didn't meet you. Well, I, I met you through a networking event. But I didn't meet you at that networking event and go, oh, Faye Waterman somebody that I know, like, and trust. She, she just said X, Y, Z during this networking event. And it just showed me everything about her. And I know it, that I can trust her and that she can trust me. And... I started to get frustrated with the fact that that people were throwing that around like something that, that you could just you could produce, you could manufacture it. And and really those those three words are part of my superpower. Um creating the relationships, the conversations, having those feel genuine, and having it organically get to a point where somebody just says to you, you know what? I I trust you, and so I'm going to share this with you. And and it's all comes in a process of steps. And it's really interesting because it's that trust and building those relationships is about that person being authentic, being real, being who they actually are, not having those masks on and covering themselves up and being something with some people and then being something different with someone else. It's all about being authentic all of the time, being you and being proud of who you are. 
is what I see it as, as being, you know, very important. So it's, I, again, this is, this is another, that's a great point. Uh, part of my story is that for three years, I was an actively using drug addict. And when I came into recovery, which was over 30 years ago, but when I came into recovery, people said, well, you can just put that on the shelf now. You don't, you don't need to share that part of your, who you are anymore. It doesn't, you, you don't want to share that because at that time I was working in, in financial business and I was collecting donations for a center. And people said, no one's going to trust you to give you big donations if you say that you were a drug addict, that you have this history, that this is where you came from. <clears throat> and I said, I, I really don't agree with you. I really believe that that you don't just go around. I don't run around with a sign that says I was a drug addict, but you you read the context of the conversations that you're having and what's happening with people. And there are times where it's important where that, that willingness to disclose, that willingness to read the room, that's that's gotta be part of my superpower as well, is, is being able to read that room and know when it's the right time to disclose what part of, of who, all the aspects that make up me. And that's so true when you when you say, I mean, that's over 30 years ago. I didn't know that about you, but what right have I got to judge what you did in the past? What right have I got to judge what you do now? And this is the whole thing, really, when you think about it. What you do in your past, you can change and make a difference in the future and make a difference in the present right now. And it's how how we learn. I mean, you know, you may, may have became a drug addict because of some of the situations that were happening in your life, and that's how a lot of people become drug addicts. There is always a reason for it, and it's trying to get away from whatever it was. So it takes away the hurt or the whatever it is that you're going through. If you take the steps or when you take the steps to actually change that, that is courage, strength, vulnerability. It is you taking the steps to improve who you are, to get yourself out of a situation that you were taken there by certain issues and we don't know, need to know any of that. It's that you've taken that step and moved out of that and into something different, into the person that you truly are today. And that's, I, I think that that's such an important distinction because who I am today is made up of pieces of who I was, but, it, but it's not the behavior. I've changed the behavior. I've taken the behavior and I've adopted much healthier behaviors. I've found better ways to deal with and to cope with the things that are happening to me and the way my life is. 
and and that's really important for everyone to do that and I mean you know sometimes we play the blame game and it's like wow that's their fault but it's not their fault it's how we interpret it it is who we are and how we feel about a situation and it's easier to blame somebody else than it is to say take responsibility for it yourself and taking that responsibility yourself shows that you are brave courageous and you show up and share your vulnerability which is also a strength it is so Brenda I want you to go back you know post you know being a drug addict and changing what made you change talk a little bit about that and then you know you were working in finances and doing that sort of thing what brought you on this journey to get you to where you are today um well originally i i wanted to make a difference i wanted i wanted to help as many people as i possibly could in as many ways as I could. Um, I grew up with the, 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 my story, my, my origin, my who I wanted to be was somebody who, who took care of people and, and helped people. But I took my goals, initially I took them in the wrong direction because I believed that if I was going to help people, then they had to be broken. Oh, I needed, so I was looking for people who were broken. And in my search for people who were broken, I started to break myself as well. I started to feel a lot of negativity and a lot of inadequacy because I wasn't making the kind of differences that I really wanted to make. So you, you instead of having empathy and not taking it on board, you actually physically took it on board, which, took made, it you, which made you feel like you were inferior as well or someone who was broken. And I think we don't have to be broken to get help. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um and and that was I that was, I think that's one of the important distinctions because people are not broken. People have challenges. They have they have they may have issues. They may have challenges. They may have what other people identify as disabilities. They may have shortcomings, but people. Um, People aren't toys. They're not, it's not your broken toy. You, you can't glue it back together. You can't, you're, you're not fixing people, which was the distinction that back then that I didn't have. I believed that if I created a perfect world, then people could be fixed in that world. The perfection of the world would fix the people. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question there. What did you envisage as a perfect world? Because I I look at perfect or, or people say perfect and I think 
there can be things that are perfect if you're creating something or making something. But what's perfect? I don't think we're perfect as human beings. We are great. We are amazing. We are all those things. But if we wait to be perfect, we'll never get to do anything, will we? And part of our uniqueness comes in our in in the way that we deal with the things that we see as flaws. Yes. The way that those are part of the things that make us unique and special. Back to perfection. What I thought the world needed to look like was a world where there was no conflict ever. And by no conflict, I I literally mean that I would agree with whatever you said. So so if you said my background is rainbow, I would say, yes, your background's rainbow, even if I thought your background looked pink. If you said these people are good and these people are bad and this is right and this is my definition of wrong, then regardless of what I believed, for the time that I was with you, I would take on your position of what was right and what was wrong and what was good and what was bad. What's very hard about this was that I couldn't be in groups because in a group there's differing opinions, right? And you just take a position. If I was going to be a chameleon, which was part of my idea of perfection, was that I needed to be a chameleon and just take on whatever. So I blended in. Groups were just terrifying, terrifying. It's interesting because I look at that as conforming to the general community or group or population or something like that. It's kind of like what we call people-pleasing. Instead of pleasing yourself, it's people-pleasing. And I think to be authentic, we all have opinions and they're not right or wrong. It is our opinion and we can have an opinion and beg to differ in in that opinion because not we're not all the same thank goodness for that we're not we're not here to compete with anyone we're here to be ourselves and my my one of my biggest aha moments around that was 2 years into recovery when i was working in that health center and one of the doctors there worked with a lot of addicts who were getting into recovery. And I went to the doctor and I said, I want to, I want to offer to, to help, to, to be supportive and to help people who are starting out in recovery. I want to, I want to, I want to offer my services to be able to help these people. And he asked me a few questions to kind of like get to, because they knew me as their their receptionist and their executive assistant and their he didn't know any of the rest of my story. And as I said, I was two years into recovery by this point, but had this secret because people said you don't re- don't don't divulge that secret because that secret will mean you're gonna lose jobs, you're gonna lose friends, you're gonna people are gonna turn their back on you. But I got to a point where my desire had changed from being from keeping everything perfect to I still wanted to help, but I wanted to help in a way of giving back and of showing options to people. 
So I realized that it was much more important to be able to explore options with people than it was to agree with everybody. And the funny thing that happened, uh, we did a, we scheduled an information session for all of the staff to learn at, more about working with people who had addictions. And one of our speakers ended up not being able to make it. And so at the end of the session, I, I hadn't made a decision about whether I was going to disclose during this session or whether I was going to still hide behind my facade, right, and just be a facilitator. And at the end of the session, what had happened was two days before the session, I was in the lunchroom and I asked one of the staff people, I said, are you coming to the, the addiction seminar that we that we've got scheduled? And she said, no, I, I, I don't think I need to come to the addiction seminar. I, I know what the drug addicts look like who are sitting out in front getting drunk and stoned on, on our front lawn. I know what they all look like and I know what, what they're all about. And I just went, oh. And then the day of the event, at the end of the event, I said, um, all of you are here because you, you say that you want to help people who have challenges with addictions, with alcoholism. But I have to share a different side of the coin. Some of you came because you just wanted to see what addicts look like. And I said, if you're wondering what it, at the end of the seminar now, we've just finished up, we've shared our stories, the number of people have shared their stories. And if you're wondering, if you're still wondering what an addict looks like, I'm two years in recovery. I'm Brenda, I'm an addict, and I'm your receptionist. And there was dead silence in the room. Dead silence. Isn't that interesting how uh, something like that can be a, a real shock factor to people who have made an assumption about what someone looks like, about someone else's behaviour because they have an addiction? or about their behaviour because they don't like it. So they've, they have this, this perception, this opinion of somebody or people, and they don't see past that. They can't see past that addiction to actually see what that person's actually like. And what happened afterwards was just was really, really amazing because people started to have more conversations about how the way they verbalize, the way they see people, about the impact that that can have on those people asking for help, about the impact that that can have on them feeling capable of making change, feeling that feeling empowered, feeling powerful enough to be able to do those things. And then we had we had another conversation because someone said to me, "Why why did you tell? Like why 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 didn't you just stay silent? Like what was it that made you decide to tell?" And what I said was, "Silence was a form of denial, and it was hiding for me. It was hiding, and I got to a point where I felt." that that hiding actually felt painful to me because it felt like I was giving away pieces of myself, pieces of my identity, 
And that was my turning point where I said, it doesn't matter what you think. It, it stopped mattering what you think. It has to be what's important to me today at this moment in time. And some days it's going to be to identify and some days it's not going to be to identify. And some days it's going to be to say, I like Brussels sprouts. And some days it's going to be to say, I eat ice cream. Yeah, because I think people hide a lot. I think I think there are a lot of people hiding. So many people hiding. And that's what I said earlier with the masks. We wear masks for this. We wear masks for that. And what we have to learn to do, and this is what I kind of work on, no, I work on with people, is shedding those masks, getting rid of those masks to show up authentically as themselves. And how good is it when you actually show up as who you are, not what someone else expects you to be, not that so, what someone else tells you to be, but you to be you, the person that you're meant to be from the day of your birth. And I, I think I, yeah, I think you're so right about that. And I think that's um, one of the reasons why I was so excited about being on this particular show with you, Faye, about talking about what your superpower is, because being able to kind of kind of proudly and just not totally proudly like like being proud but also just being able to embrace who you are and what's important to you what's what's important to me what is important to me what really matters and and today what really matters i mean you you asked about how we got from from there to where i am today yeah well part of that journey was that one of the things that really started to matter to me was that I was working to make my own dreams come true rather than anybody else's. And in all the jobs that I'd had in, in, and I, I believe this is true for most any job. If you have a job where you work for someone else, you're working to make their dreams come true. When you step out as an entrepreneur then it becomes about making my own dreams come true. And that's the the last the last five years, that's what the last five years have really been about, is making my own dreams come true. And in the last two years, my dreams have expanded even bigger because now I have my community, my building healthy business relationships community, which is for entrepreneurs who are very early just starting out in business because I think it's so important when you're a new entrepreneur, when you first start out, you can be very fragile. You can be strong in some ways, but you can also be very fragile. There's, there's pieces of, of that, that persona that, that are still fragile. It's, it's funny. I just had a conversation with my sister before I came on here and my sister was saying, I was telling her about something that I'm working on these days. And she said, do you, do you really think that can happen? And it's like, today, that doesn't rattle me. Today, I just said, yes, I 100% I believe that can happen. And, and I wouldn't be pursuing it if I didn't believe it could happen. 
but I remember in like my first year when if somebody said to me, do you really think that can happen? It would get under my skin and I would start to think that I don't know whether it can happen. So but the first time that you do something and it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work or you don't make as much money as you thought you were going to make. It's interesting. And then you wonder whether that means that there's something the matter with you. It, instead of saying the business, this this aspect of the business didn't work, I take it and I go, oh, I was so stupid to try that. And if you listen to those kind of self-talk messages for too long, you you will give up, but you're giving up for all the wrong reasons. And so that's what building healthy business relationships is about, is a whole bunch of people all supporting each other in this journey. Yeah. And you said a few things there. And one of them was self-doubt, doubting yourself. When what we do as individuals, if we start a business or we're doing something that's different, it's brave to step into that area as it is, step into the arena. But it's also if we fail at it, it's not actually a failure if we pick ourselves up and keep going. So we pick ourselves up and say, well, okay, what did I learn from that? Yes, I made these mistakes, but what did I actually learn that I can take on to something else? And it's about growing. It's about being honest with yourself, being authentic and saying, well, okay, that didn't work, but you know what, I learned something from that that I can now know when I try something else or I have a go at something else that I can add those learnings or those skills to it and improve it. And then if you make a mistake again, it's the same thing over and over again. Do not fail. The only time you fail is when you do not get up and have another go. And you look at Henry Ford, you look at uh, Albert Einstein, you look at all of those kind of people in history, the Wright brothers, how many times did they fail before they succeeded? But they all had the same drive. They never gave up. And the drive was they believed in themselves. They believed that they would do it. And they did. And this is how we have to think. I think society has always been, oh, why are you trying that? What are you doing that for? That's a silly idea, blah, blah, blah. That's in their eyes. That's their opinion. Your opinion is different. I'm going to have a go regardless of what anyone says. I'm going to find a tribe that's going to support me and help me move forward into that. And if it doesn't work out, let's look at what's what's good about it and what's not so good about it that we can take on to the next thing. I mean, we do things on our own for a period of time, but then we need a tribe to help us move. And we find people what we have strengths and then we find the people who have the strengths in the weaknesses that we have so that we come together to build a great team or a great tribe. When I first started talking about lead generation through relationship building, there were a lot of naysayers and the naysayers said, 
it takes way too long to do relationship building for business. You, you, your business will have come and gone. It will have folded up. You won't have made money and, and you'll give up long before you build the relationships. And I said, how, how long do you really want your business to last? And people were like, well, years, you know, I, I want it to last for years. And they said, well, how long did your best, if you think about your best friend, how long has your best friend been your best friend? And their answer would be, well, for years. And your best friend believes in you? Yes. And your best friend will sometimes question you? Yes. But your best friend probably doesn't tell you, oh, you're being stupid for doing that. Your best friend may point out if, if they see some shortcoming, they may question that shortcoming and help you to look at something in a different way. But when you build clients, when you start building clients who come into that relationship realm where they know that, that Faye, you care about what happens to them. You have a genuine care for what happens to them. You, you take the time to find out what their husband's name is, what their children's names are. You ask them, you know, how was Christmas? What are your plans for Christmas? You ask them, how is little Johnny's birthday? They're not going to leave you because John Brown down the street had a newer project. And they're also not going to leave you because Sam Smith gave them $50 off whatever you were charging. They're going to say, I want to stay with Faye because Faye understands me and Faye gets me and, and Faye can catch the things be even before I catch them sometimes. Mm. And I, this business is all about building relationships. It's, as we talked about earlier, Brenda, it's about the know, like, and trust, but it's more than that. It's building the relationships, which then builds the trust because people want to get to know you first before they actually do business with you. And people do business with people. They don't do business with what you sell unless it's a retail outlet that sells things. But an entrepreneur who has a service or a product they want to trust you first before they're going to do business with you. And they want to see how you how you work, who you are, you as an authentic, showing up as an authentic person. And that is what it's all about. It's not about big noting yourself. It's not about I can do this, I can do that. Uh -huh. I'm great. I'm fantastic. It's about this is who I am. You either like me or you don't like me. I'm sorry if you don't like me, but not everyone likes everyone and it, and not everyone trusts everyone. So therefore, the relationship side of business, whether it's huge, big conglomerates of companies or whether it's a one-man band, the one thing that will, will make or break a business is the relationships and the trust. That's, that's what I really believe. I, that's, and that's what I've, that's the foundation. I've built my business. I've, I've created my coaching. I have, I have my three C's. I have my community. I have my coaching. 
and I have my courses. And they're all built around the same things. It's all about consistency in your message. So if you're on Facebook and then you're on LinkedIn and they look you up, they need to see that you do the same things. One of the things that, that I, I catch quite frequently is I'll meet somebody and I look at their Facebook profile and on their Facebook profile, they're talking about their direct sales business. But then I go over and I look at them on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, they're, they might be talking about their coaching business or they might be talking about a totally different business. And I say to them, do you do both of these things right now? Is, is, are both these profiles current? Yes, well, both these profiles are current. Yes, I do both of these things. I say, okay, then you need to find some way to find, bring them together, bring together what's common about them and have a common thread in, a, in both those profiles. Because if I see you, the direct sales rep on one side and you, the small business owner on the other side, I'm going to wonder which one is really you and where you really put your energy and where your focus is. But if you can show the way that the two of them merge, that they work together, then people won't be afraid of the fact that you have different aspects to your business. Uh, it, yeah, because there can be a conflict there, can't there? There's a real conflict because you're one person here and you're one person here. And, yes. and that shows up as being totally different instead of authentic and leading and joining to coming together in as one knowing you for whatever you do, but don't be different. And I was sort of thinking, you know, you, you're on Facebook, you do, a, you, you do your posts a little bit different to what you do on LinkedIn, but they should come together as one. There needs to be some kind of a, a message. You, yeah. you, you want to deliver a message. You may deliver your message in different ways, depending on which forms of social media you're on, but you want to have a, a consistent, a philosophy, a, a underlying belief, at least of what you believe in, what you think is important, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. So Brenda, when you started your business and your biz leads expert and you're helping people build their, build relationships so that they can build their tribe or their audience which then will eventually turn, some will turn into clients. Not everyone does, but they like you, so they'll keep following you because you you give them a message that is congruent with them. What do you think your superpower is because you said you've got the three Cs there? And, and you have a community, and I think it, a community is a really important facet of any business. You build that community, that tribe, that audience. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's the same thing, your followers. What is it that you think you do that helps you build that community for more people to want to join you? So one of the, one of the most important pieces for me in a community is helping people see and, and you touched on it earlier. It's it's that everyone brings their own unique little piece to the community that makes the community stronger, bigger, and better with them than it would be without them. 
So I have, I have people who come to my community because they teach yoga and they come and they do yoga sessions once a week. They do a, a recorded yoga session for the rest of my community. People who don't know how to do yoga attend because the yoga helps them to be more centered, more quiet within themselves, or maybe it's just a break for the day. I mean, each person has their own reason why they attend that yoga session. Some people attend the yoga session because they would like to teach yoga someday. So they're coming to watch the yoga instructor to learn more from them. But everybody is bringing something when they come to that. I put a lot of focus in my community on everybody helping everybody. So one of the aspects of my community is that I only teach once every six weeks. I do six to eight master classes a month, a month? but I only teach a month. Wow. But I only teach myself once every six to eight weeks. The rest of the time, I am drawing on the expertise of the people within the community. And I'm saying, okay. And, and, it, and it really is about what exactly what you're saying, because I'm saying, okay, what is, what is your superpower? And I meet with these people and I go, okay, it's, it sounds to me like this is one of your superpowers, do you feel like it is, or do you feel like it isn't? Did I read you wrong? Did I get it right? And if they're like, yeah, you got it totally right. Sometimes that superpower isn't necessarily what they sell. Sometimes it's it's something they're really good at, but it's not what they sell. It might be that their superpower is helping other people to identify their own superpowers. It might be that their superpower is helping people to feel more confident within themselves. It might be that their superpower is helping people get more organized so that they can achieve the goals that they set for themselves. But that might not be what their business is. So then I give them the opportunity to stand out as the expert in a different way than other people have seen them. Mm. But it just shines another light on another aspect. It's like the diamond with all the facets. It's it's quite amazing. You've hit on a lot of things there, Brenda. It's all about we, and that's why I, I do what I do here is watch your superpowers. It's not necessarily just being in business, but there are other things that you do that people don't know about. But that's getting to know you and know different aspects of who you are and what you do or what possibilities you can offer somebody. It's not about one mainstream. It is about opening up and taking the blinkers off and looking at the whole and the whole thing can stretch so wide and far that we we look at and say maybe, yeah, that's my superpower, but I also do this and I also do that. Are they my superpowers as well? Yes, they are. And bringing a community to get together like you do is a superpower because what you're doing is you're, 
you're building the confidence of each and every person in that community to see themselves in many different lights, which they can shine out into the world. It's not just the one thing that they do. It's the many things that they don't even think about that are important for people to know and understand about them. So creating your community and educating and using other people's skills is absolutely fantastic. That is a superpower. It is. I didn't really realize it until a couple of weeks ago. About wow. two weeks ago, I came down with bronchitis. I had master classes scheduled. So I had the classes scheduled, but it was always my job to open the room, introduce my speaker, let everybody in, give everybody a chance to introduce themselves, wrap it up at the end. Those were my, those were pieces of my job within the community. Now, all of a sudden I was faced with the fact that I had to either cancel the classes because I couldn't do the pieces that were mine or I could type everything into the chat and have people just engage with the chat, but that didn't feel like a very good option. So what I did, I have a lady who is fairly new in my community and she hasn't exactly identified. She's had, she's had a number of, of experiences, heartbreaking experiences in the last couple of years. Her story is not mine to tell, so I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah. she's had some heartbreaking experiences in the last couple of years that have left her kind of feeling like she's adrift. She hasn't exactly identified what her superpower is right now. And I, I reached out to her and I said, can you, if I give you my password, can you, I can't talk, I can't do this. So can you open the room, let people in? All you need to do is give them each like one minute to introduce themselves. And then you're going to introduce the speaker. Just, just tell them their name. I'm going to have let them know that I'm not going to be there. I said, and then you turn it over to the speaker to speak. And at the end, you just thank the, everybody for being there. Let them know that I'll be back as soon as I can, that, that I'm, I'm sick, but I'll be back as soon as I can. And she was like, I think I could do that. And I said, I know that you could do that. And so she goes, she said, I'll do it. So she did it. I said, initially we thought it was going to be once. And then I, we were counting on me being better for the next week. Well, it ended up, it went on for three weeks and she did three sessions because each time, and, and I never took it for granted that she would do them each time I went back and I said, how did that feel? Are you good to go? Can, can you do another one for me? And she was like, yeah, I can, yeah, I can do that. Let's do that. She's now seen in a different aspect within the community but not only is it the way that other people in the community see her, she's seeing herself in a different way and seeing even more possibilities than she saw before. So it's opened the door to more possibilities. 
Yeah, so that's another superpower that you have is giving other people the opportunity to grow, to see themselves in a different light, to give them the possibility and the confidence to look and open up into other, other avenues that they may have thought about but think, oh, no, I can't do that. No, that's not, not a good idea. But you, you give them that opportunity, they do it, and they prove it to themselves that they can do anything if they're given the opportunity. So you, your superpower is creating the opportunities for your community to shine and let other people see them shine. And I think, I think the big secret there is that I don't see it as my community. I see it as our community. It's well, it's, you created it's, it. It's our community. Yeah, it is our community, but you created it and you are giving those people within that community the opportunities that they may never have had because it's a safe and comfortable environment to pursue what's possible that they fear. What a great superpower that is. Thank you. And part of it, part of it is just in the fact that when people say to me, what if I do it wrong? Oh. I always have two questions. Okay. First of all, wrong in whose eyes? Mm -hmm. Right? Wrong in whose eyes? And even if it's wrong in your own eyes, even if you feel like you did it wrong after you've done it, even if you feel like you did it wrong, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to be embarrassed or you're going to learn something from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and, and I do a lot of that, especially when I'm working with people. I have people come to me who are getting into direct sales. Uh, because a lot of direct sales companies teach the go for no philosophy. And I don't I don't teach go for no. Um if if because because I believe that you get what you look for. So if, if you're going for no, then it's highly likely that you're gonna get a no. Mm. But if you if you just go for an attitude of curiosity and seeing where this can go or where it might lead. Another big piece of it is that no doesn't mean never. It means not now. Mm. And you always have permission to come back and ask in a different way in the future. And the other thing is, just because they say, no, I don't want to buy your shampoo. If you take that with grace and, and, and as just, okay, so this shampoo is not suited to you right now, right? But if you approach it in that way, then it still leaves the door open for the next conversation, which is, okay, do you by any chance know anybody else who you think might benefit from the shampoo? 
And if you approach people in that way, if, if you're like, okay, you said no, so I understand it's not for you, then they'll be more likely to say to you, well, you know what? Like you were telling me about a shampoo that's for people with, with white hair and my hair is brunette. I, it, it hasn't turned white yet, but my mom, my mom has snow white hair. And I think that she would love to know about your shampoo because yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you have a conversation with someone and you open up that conversation and you leave it open for other prospects or for other opportunities, I would say, not prospects, other opportunities. And the person that you're having the conversation with may not think about someone else unless you ask them the question. So therefore, it's all in the conversation and it's all in the language that we use. It's all in the tonality that we use. It's all in the body language that we use. It's There is so much to a conversation that we, we just take for granted and don't think about the importance of what a conversation really is or means because we can say something or I can say something to you, Brenda, and you can take it in a totally different way to what I mean it, depending on your situation. I used to believe that if I asked you if you wanted my shampoo and you said no, then it must mean that I'd done something wrong and that you were upset with me. Mm -hmm. So then I'm running away from you because, oh no, I've upset you. And I am never, I'm certainly never going to ask you anything about the shampoo again because it upset you the first time. I don't want to upset you again. Mm. But it doesn't have to mean any of those things. No, it's our interpretation. And I, I mean, we're the, we're the greatest at those stories in our head, telling ourselves those stories which are not true, are not true because we've interpreted it that way, because that's how we've been conditioned over the years. And until we make the choice to change whatever it is that we need to change, they say nothing changes if nothing changes. If you do the same thing over and over again and expect it to change, well, you'll be gone forever waiting for the change. But if you're aware and it's all about the awareness that creates the opportunity to make the changes, the choices that you have to make the changes that can change the direction that you go in. I remember one of the most revolutionary conversations that I had with somebody was when we were talking about people who said no to them. And I said, what if I could teach you a way to get testimonials from your nose? And they look to be totally dumbfounded. How is somebody who has said, no, they don't want what I'm offering them going to ever give me a testimonial? And I said, I can, I can teach you how to do that. I can, I can teach you a strategy. And it's not about getting them to buy something they don't want. It's not about getting them to do something or say something they don't mean or don't believe. It's all in your approach. It's all in those questions that you ask and the way that you ask them. 
but you can get it to a point where they do give a testimonial. But what they're giving a testimonial about is who you are as a person. Yeah. And that's the best testimony you can get is about you as a person. And that's that's what you're looking for because they see you in a different light. You know, you, you have those salespeople that are pushy and they want to sell, sell, sell. But you have someone who approaches you and asks you a few questions to see if you're interested, explain a little bit, but let it go. Allow it to be, you know, let go and not hold on to what you think is a negative approach. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brenda, let's talk about your superpowers. Your superpower is bringing communities together. It is actually looking at giving people opportunities that would never have an opportunity. It is getting people to recognise that they have other, they have superpowers that they've not used, but you're opening up the opportunities for them by creating a safe and comfortable environment for them to express themselves. It is about being, being themselves and feeling comfortable being that. It's all about building those relationships and that know, like, and trust factor, which creates a community like you have. Is there anything yeah. I've missed? Because we don't want to miss anything. Well, I I think I think you captured them pretty well. Um I would say that that. I would say that it's a superpower to to recognize that the different aspects of the diamond, right? Mm -hmm. the, and 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 see them all as equally important, equally shiny, equally special, equally, you know. I'm, I don't use them all every day. I don't use every facet every day. I don't use every facet in every conversation, but that doesn't make them, the things I didn't say may be just as important as the things I did say in a particular conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Brenda. That has been a wonderful conversation and I've learned so much about you and your superpowers, which are absolutely fantastic. Keep being brilliant and bringing out the magic in yourself and your brilliance, but also doing that for others. Thank you so much. Thank you, Faye. My pleasure. I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this has been another What's Your Superpower podcast. We'll be back again soon. Bye for now.